This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the B-Sotted Pride of West London podcast. This is the second of the mini historical podcasts. We've got some really good feedback about last week's recoloured Brentford Reimagined podcast with Brendan Nevin, the guy behind the uh, colourisation project. So thanks for the comments on that and thanks for the people that have pre-ordered the book in advance to get their names in it. If you haven't taken part in that, then listen back to last week's uh, pod and then it will give you all the details you need. This week's we obviously continue on with more of a historical tip and we speak to Savvy B who is part of Digital Works uh, and they are doing a oral history project which is tracing the history of Brentford Football Club through the voices of Brentford fans, Brentford players, Brentford staff and Brentford personalities. I caught up with Savvy, uh, well obviously it seems a different world away, about four weeks ago now uh, and I recorded a little bit that was going to go in the main pod but I think this is an ideal opportunity to uh, to give this some air now. Uh, so listen to what Savvy's got to say about what is a brilliant project funded by a heritage lottery um, and then uh, it's, been, it's been coordinated with the full backing of Brentford Football Club and the Brentford Community Sports Trust. Uh, Besotted has been behind it and so's the grapevine so thanks for everyone that's helped promote this and thanks for everyone that's partaken in it too so have a listen to what Sav's got to say and then afterwards listen to some of the uh, just some of the gems that have been coming out it's just the tip of the iceberg but uh, it gives you a little taster of what's to come enjoy So, as one of the organisers behind the Push Up Brentford project, can you just give us a little bit more sort of background into what the objectives are, how the project's progressing, and when we're likely to kind of see the finished film and the, the, the audio that comes from that? Uh, well, the object is to uh, collect oral histories of people involved with Brentford. So they could be players, managers, could be staff, uh, but we're concentrating quite a lot, at least sort of two-thirds of really on fans. So it's about uh, people's memories of uh, being a Brentford fan. 
Uh, that's, that's the objective. So to collect those oral histories, uh, to make them available, so they'll be on the website, which is www.pushupbenford.org.uk. They're all going to go up on that over the next couple of months. They should all end up uh, on there. Uh, and we're also filming these interviews, so we're going to create a, a film. Uh, should be around 45 minutes, maybe an hour long. Uh, and we're going to launch that probably in September. But the Community Sports Trust are also going to be uh, taking bits of that film and using it in schools to create a, a sort of package that schools, you know, uh, basically year five and year six, I think, Key Stage 2, will be learning about the history of Brentford through that as well. You must be hearing some very interesting stories, some kind of heartwarming stories, some strange, bizarre stories. You know, uh, there was a, um, an article written by Jim Levac that appeared on Besotted uh, last couple of weeks, um, and he kind of listed lots of random memories and um, random reminiscings. Is that, the kind of, is that the kind of thing we can expect? Is it, does it bounce all over the place? Yeah, there, there are loads of stories, and I think the, the greatest storyteller of them all, Martin Allen, did a really, really long interview with us. It was over two hours long, and it's just story upon story upon story. Uh, we're getting a lot of that. We're getting a lot of really amazing stuff that I've never heard of before in the past. Uh, there's there's some, lots of funny stories, but there's also really sad stories. I mean, if you, if you read Jim Levax, it's actually really moving in places because it's all about people, and it's all about how... Uh, a lot of people have talked about how they've made friends at Brentford and it's those friends that keep them coming. It's not the football, it's about friendships. And I think that's what, what makes Brentford, it's the friendships that make it. And we get loads of really lovely stories. Stories, one, one of them actually goes back to uh, coming to the, um, the Leicester game in 1949, the biggest ever crowd at Griffin Park uh, as a little kid and being uh, handed down from the, the back of the Royal Oak to the front. You know, over the top of people's heads and things like that and it's, it's lots of really sweet stuff lots of really funny stuff and it's just like in, in places it's really moving you see that it, Brentford means a lot to people and that's really coming across uh, one of the things we are hoping for we're in negotiations at the moment with uh, Busby's agent to try and get an interview with, with the man himself so, uh, so that's quite exciting there's lots of good uh, interviews um, lined up you know, we've got um, uh, Kev O'Connor we've got Pete Gillam uh, we've got uh, Marcus Gale. We're hoping to get Iger Anderson. Uh, but as I said before, there's lots of fans, and the fans' ones are just really, really fantastic. I mean, it's, it's impossible to capture everything that Brentford and Griffin Park is to the fans. You know, it's just a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a million different things it means to a million different people. But at least you're sitting down with a very, you know, kind of broad spectrum of Brentford fans and capturing what, you know, what you can. So tell, tell us a little bit more about the volunteers and the people that have helped put this together. Because uh, it's a community project, it's not about sort of, you know, professionals doing it, it's about training up volunteers. And we've got, uh, we've got 16 volunteers aged 16 to 76, which is really nice. We've got... Uh, uh, you know, a good range of women and men. We've got uh, a, you know, a, a good range of uh, B supporters and non-B supporters. We've actually got a party thistle, thistle supporter and a Watford supporter. Boo hiss! Uh, but uh, it's, it's really good, and they're, they're learning. Uh, they're, they're learning how to interview, and they're you know, pushing that forward. And they're they're actually really enjoying the interviews and, and learning the stories. And uh, yeah, they're a really great bunch. And it's that community aspect of the project that I think is really important. 
Well, that's brilliant to get a little bit of insight into what is, you know, an excellent, excellent project. Uh, we're also fortunate enough to be given a sneak taster of what's to come. And uh, Push Up Brentford project, as, as um, Sav just said, it should be launched in September. Full details will be available um, all over social media and Brentford and Besotted and all over the Twitter. So uh, look out for that. But in the meantime, enjoy some highlights from what's been gathered so far. Our house was bombed out, we moved out of London during the war and we lived in Rugby, which was very near to Coventry, but I didn't know anything about football. We moved back to London after 1946, but not to East London, but to West London, where my mother's sister had moved to, because her house was destroyed as well. And she had a son who was a year older than me, and he was a great football fan, and he went to Brentford from the age of about eight and he was a year old, as I say. He was eight. I couldn't go. My parents wouldn't let me. Uh, but eventually they, they reluctantly agreed, and I went to Brentford the first time in, I think, February 1949. Well, I was in the 8th Northolt uh, Cubs, and when I went into the scout troop, my patrol leader, his name was Raymond Churchhouse, was a Brentford supporter. And when we went to camp, all he did was talk about Brentford. And I decided if you can't beat them, join them. So I started initially just reading about Brentford and watching the results. Um, and then when I got to, I think it was the season 1962, when we were in the fourth division for the fourth, first time, um, that's when I was allowed by my parents to ride my bike from Greenford to um, Brentford uh, to, to watch a football match. I became a Brentford fan partly through glory hunting because it was 1971-72 and the John O'Mara team and we were flying in Division 4. So I looked at the tables and thought, you know, as a nine-year-old, oh, that's good. So I thought I'll support them. But it's partly for being sort of a bit of an awkward sod because uh, my, my cousin was a Fulham fan and my brother followed him to become a Fulham fan. And I thought, no, no, I'm not going to become a Fulham fan, I'm going to be awkward. And so I chose uh, Brentford because we were doing really well that year. But it was a really stupid thing to do because living in North London, there was no way anyone was going to take me to see Brentford. No one. And as I got older and going with my mates, you know, at school and stuff like that, they didn't want to come either. You know, because they either, you know, they, so my best mate supported QPR, who were flying high in the, in the first division at the time and had a great team. And um, so most of the 70s, I just went to Fulham games with my brother and my cousin and QPR games with my mate and rarely ever got to see Brentford play. But fundamentally, I'm local. I'm from Hounslow. Uh, um, Brentford is my local club. Um, uh, but of course, I could have gone to any one of four West London clubs. And for many years, I kind of almost cursed my dad for taking, who knew nothing about football, taking me to Brentford rather than, you know, Chelsea, Fulham or QPR. 
where at least there would have been you know greater stories. Uh, um, but having started coming to the ground and coming to see the club, uh, there's something very lovely about it. And, uh, uh, and in a way that uh, Chelsea, when I first started going to football, was a really nasty place with the National Front organising on the terraces and lots of violence. Uh, you know, Brentford really didn't come across like that. And I could go from a very early age, uh, well, it seems very early age now, I think, uh, from 13, I was coming on my own or with a group of friends to, to watch Brentford. So I became a Brentford supporter against the wishes of my family. So um, my dad was an Irish immigrant, came into uh, London in the 50s, and was raised in Holland Park. He was a QPR fan naturally by geography. But when we moved out west um, to start the family, he had me and my brother. He managed to reel my brother in to be a QPR fan. But um, yeah, I was maybe, I didn't play ball quite as much. So the first game I ever went to was um, QPR versus West Ham. It was a 4-3 thriller. It's actually genuinely my earliest memory as a, as a human being, is being in Loftus Road, 4-3 game. And I fed asleep after five minutes. And I woke up in the 90th minute, seven goals I missed. Slept for 90 minutes. And my earliest memory is waking up and some, you know, a, full-grown man looking down at me saying did you did you enjoy that and sort of laughing and even as like a small boy I knew at that moment I could I could never come back to that ground as a as a home fan and that started to train as who else can I support and it's in the nearest club was Brentford so those are the rules well my first match was an amazing match because it happened to be the match when we beat Berry. 8-2 with Peter McKennan scoring five goals and I thought this is great you know seeing a man where we score eight goals fantastic and the second match I saw was about a week later or ten days I can't remember exactly when a week later when we played Leicester City in the sixth round of the FA Cup and we lost 2-0 unfortunately it was a, an amazing match because when I got to the ground at 1.30 for a three o'clock kickoff they were almost about to close the gates and the gate man said to me, oh, you'll never see anything, you're ever so small. I said, well, I'll, creep, I'll crawl through the legs. And I got to the back of the Brook Road stand where I normally stood. And a guy there said, oh, he said, you're a shrimp. He said, yeah, yeah he said, I'll lift you over. Here, Harry, le help me lift him over. So two guys picked me up and passed me over the heads of the people. They all put their hands up and passed me down to the front. And uh, I found myself right at the front row behind the railings and behind the goal where uh, Alf Jeffries was, was in goal. When I first came, I used to cycle here or catch the bus. I used to park my bike in someone's garden on the corner of um, Cliveden Road. I used to pay thruppence to park the bike. Trying to stay dry was also an issue. I think there was a problem at one stage where you stand there and the, the, the roofing was um, tin. You know, if the ball bounced on the top of the roof, then you get showered with rust from the inside. You know. My best moment is actually back in the 70s, uh, when we were finally getting out of the fourth division, uh, 77, 78, I think it's one of those seasons. Uh, um, and uh, I think this is the thing about, my proudest problem probably is where we are now, because in those days, the football wasn't as good, the players weren't as fit, they certainly weren't as skilled, the pitch was never as, as smooth as it is now. Uh, um, occasionally you'd see a talented player coming through or a, an old school professional on his way down but you didn't see a great deal of good football and then we had this season with, uh, with two players Andy McCulloch and, and Stevie Phillips uh, um, 
who I think were probably uh, certainly Andy McCulloch was a was a uh, was a talented footballer who went on to play at a higher level. Uh, but Stevie Phillips was the kind of character you never get anymore in in football. He was quite short. He was quite tubby. I strongly suspect he had a pint or two, you know, in the evening and then, you know, eggs, beans and chips before he played. Uh, but he was kind of cheeky uh, and, um, and and quite skilled. And, and there's a moment, and I can't even remember which game it was now, uh, where we were, where, where he, one-on-one uh, -on -one with the keeper, um, he reaches the edge of the penalty box and he chips the keeper. And I know that sounds like nothing now when you see it, but I've never seen anybody actually chip the keeper. You know, and then he turned round to the rest of the crowd like this. You know, uh, uh, um, and, and to me at that time, it was the you know the greatest you know footballing achievement you know uh, I'd ever seen. So my earliest memories of coming to Brentford are with my mum's best friend's husband. Um, he was a guy called Bob, stood in the New Road, and he went every week. And he was one of many fans who would go to Griffin Park without without anybody, but when he went to his seat, which was the same seat every week, or actually he was probably standing then in, in New Road, I don't think there were seats when he started going, he'd walk into a seat and he'd know everyone, hello Dave, hello Jim, hello Steve, you, you're in this group of people who you, you don't know uh, outside of this club, but you, you know through coming to Brentford. So there you have it. It's a little sampler there of the Push Up Brentford project. Uh, I really enjoyed listening to that and I, I just know that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's going to be a lot, lot more. Uh, and I can't wait till September when hopefully some sort of normality has returned. In the meantime, uh, I keep saying we're going to do a, a, a normal pod and we will. We're going to do it this afternoon, I think. Uh, hopefully that will drop this time tomorrow or if not it will be on Friday uh, also there's uh, Phil Giles uh, he's talking to Bees fans on Zoom it's been arranged by Trevor and Besotted and uh, that's Saturday 3 o'clock be more news of that dropping uh, on social and on the Besotted and on the Grapevine in the next day or two so in the meantime stay safe look after each other speak to you soon Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.